Welcome to Talk World Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk World Radio, we're talking about nuclear everything and the state of the world with Helen Caldicott. Helen Caldicott is founder and president emeritus of Physicians for Social Responsibility, founder of Women's Action for Nuclear Disarmament, co-leader of the 1980 Nuclear Freeze Voter Initiative Campaign, founder of the Nuclear Policy Research Institute, now called Beyond Nuclear, founder of the Helen Caldicott Foundation and initiator of the movement against French atmospheric tests in Australia and New Zealand. Her website is at helencaldicott.com. She is also a member of the advisory board of World Beyond War and will be hosting an online book club with her book, Sleepwalking to Armageddon, that you can sign up for at worldbeyondwar.org. Helen Caldicott, welcome to Talk World Radio. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing and for coming on. Uh, what what do you see as the as the current risk of us sleepwalking to Armageddon, and how does it compare with uh, with the trends in the public's concern over it? It's very very high. The public concern is very very low, if present at all. It's because the media is not educating people about the risk. Um, America confronting Russia in the Ukraine is extremely dangerous. The talk about confronting China, about Taiwan, for God's sake, is extremely dangerous. America is sending lots and lots of warships and aircraft carriers and the like into the China Sea. It's absolutely extraordinary. And it's being done by the present president, who seems to be as bad as any other president in this area, supporting the military-industrial complex. Um, the Pentagon has just received, and the military-industrial complex, I think 745 or thereabouts billion dollars to build more weapons of mass destruction the top scientists in America are working on extraordinary weapons and also war in space. The whole thing is absolutely F insane. Insane. Yet people just walk along as if the world's going on forever. Um, a, a nuclear war could be initiated very easily <laughs> and almost has been over the, the time that we ha we've had nuclear weapons by mistakes by a flock of geese in the air, by a rising moon, by people making mistakes. I honestly, David, don't know how we're still here. No one is concentrating on the risk, or very few people, and the president seems to be off in the poppies in this area. I was hoping that he would be more respectful and responsible uh, and understand the dangers under which we live, nuclear annihilation, but he seems not to be. He's part of the of the neocons, really, um, and in this respect, almost as bad as Hillary Clinton. At least Trump wanted to be friends with Putin. I mean, what America should be doing is making friends all over the world, friends, negotiating, 
helping starving people with that huge amounts of money rather than passing America's tax dollars over to these revolting corporations, Lockheed Martin, um, Northrop Grumman, uh, all of which are making, you know, weapons of, well, mass destruction means, you know, annihilating, incinerating billions of people on the planet and destroying life on Earth with nuclear winter. What on Earth do these people think they're doing? And why isn't anyone standing up to them and taking them on and calling them murderers? It's not the Department of Defence, it's the Department of Killing. Absolutely. Department of War, yeah, but what, what is war? War is killing, and I'm a physician. Spent my life trying to save children with cystic fibrosis and other people dying. I can't imagine how people can feel okay about organising mass killing. What? Where are they? And they call themselves Christians. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> ranting. But I'm 83 now. I've been worried about nuclear war all my life. And it's getting worse. I don't understand truly, David, how we're still here. Uh, Helen Caldicott, uh, can I... And it makes me very angry. It makes me very angry. What? If I could ask you one thing, I would, I would love to ask you uh, about your comment on Donald Trump, because it seems to me that while he may have refrained from calling Vladimir Putin names and he was absurdly... Uh, characterized in the U.S. media as being literally a servant and a slave of, of Vladimir Putin. Uh, his policies weren't actually that different from Obama's or Biden's, and he was trying to stop Russian uh, gas pipelines. He was, try he was kicking Russian diplomats out of the country. He was telling lies about Russia. He was opposing any sort of agreement on cyber attacks or weapons in space. He was tearing up agreements with Iran that Russia favored, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I mean, wasn't the substance more similar than different? Well, partly, but, you know, he didn't start any wars and he pulled troops out of various places. In retrospect, he was much more of a pacifist than Joe Biden. But look, what's wrong with Russia? Russia is not communist anymore. It's... it's um, Capitalists. I mean, very, very rich people. It stole huge amounts of the Russian assets and they've turned themselves into oligarchs. Um, why do we have any enemies? There are no enemies. What are we talking about? There are no enemies. They're just people. We've got to use diplomacy uh, and make friends with people. If we don't like them, why don't we like them? It's because America wants to dominate the world, that's why, which gives me the dry rot, <laughs> I have to tell you. America's got eight, over 800 military bases in 80 countries around the world. It's metastasized like a cancer. How dare it? And it's doing the same here in my country. I mean, who does America think it is? I was thinking about this today, American exceptionalism. America is exceptional in killing people. That's the truth. And then you look at, look at domestic policies and the gun lobby. You know, everyone can have a gun. And there are a lot of psychotic people uh, all over the world, including America, and any one of them can get a gun and shoot kids in school. And, and Australia I mean, took some what is to change that about? because the Australian government wasn't completely owned by the gun companies, right? 
Well, yeah, that's right. Your 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 politicians are corporate prostitutes. Let's be frank. And they 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 are owned by the military industrial complex, which spends huge amounts of money giving your politicians money to run their campaigns. You don't need money to run a campaign. Well, you shouldn't have to. We don't do that in Australia. Um, and yeah, they're corporate prostitutes and owned by the NRA and the military industrial complex. Let's be frank. They don't represent the people in their communities. The mothers and fathers, the, the children, the, they don't represent them. They're representing the killers. The ki they yes. are. Northrop Grumman is a corporation of killers. It is. I mean, how can you suggest it's not? Lockheed Martin, a corporation of killers, and yet they go to church. You know, they call themselves good people, but they're devising weapons to destroy not just humans, but evolution. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that 40, 50 years ago, more people were aware of the nuclear threat than now, while the threat itself has increased, uh, the, the awareness has decreased, while simultaneously some significant number of people have become aware of the threat of climate Armageddon, of ecosystem collapse Armageddon. Uh, well, that's, yeah, well, climate Armageddon, there are two things, you know. Do we turn the earth into a global uh, holocaust by global warming, which will happen slowly, or we do it quickly with a nuclear war, bang, like that. It'll take half an hour, an hour to complete, and we're all dead or dying of acute radiation illness, vomiting and bleeding to death. So, and, and what really, I'll, I'll say, pisses me off is that it's all these bloody men and testosterone pumping out from their testicles. I'm a doctor, I can talk like this, but, you know, it's all competition. Although there are some mad women in the Congress at the moment, um, but... 51% of the Earth's population are women. We have hormones circulating which inspire tenderness and caring um, and nurturing, whereas testosterone leads to competition and violence, and men have always killed. Why kill? Why kill? What is this all about? I mean, how precious is a human life? How precious is a human body? How precious is the body of a lion? Or, you know, what, what I do not understand as a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I, I guess I'm an amateur psychologist, what is this competition about? If you look at our parliament in Australia, they're all fighting each other. <laughs> and they're all men, mostly men. I mean, I think it's time for women to take over and say, look, you've had your chance, you need your bottom smacked, and we're taking over, literally. But that doesn't seem to be happening, does it? I think the forces against the opportunity for women to take over are profound. And, are, you know, to be quite frank and to give 
an optimal prognosis or a realistic prognosis, I think that we're doomed. I once asked Carl Sagan, who is a friend of mine, the wonderful um, astrologer, astronomer, do you think there's any other life in the universe? Because there are hundreds of millions of other galaxies. And he's paused for a long time. And he said, no. And I said, why, Carl? And he said, because if any species had reached our stage of ev evolution, they would have destroyed themselves. Un unless they evolved without that level of competition or whatever combination of stupidities and abilities uh, is, is leading us in this direction. I, I, I think he would have agreed it's possible, but we don't know. But I do think the, the extent to which we're hearing about flying saucers and UFOs has a great deal to do with your earlier comment about the lack of an enemy here on Earth. Uh, I think the Pentagon is in, is in desperate need of an enemy somewhere or other. That's true. They've got to have an enemy to justify stealing Americans' tax dollars to build weapons to kill them all. We don't need enemies. We need to make friends. You know, we need to be psychologists and psychiatrists working with other countries, working with Iran to work out, you know, stop the sanctions on Iran, which, is, which are very dangerous for the Iranian people, and help them, and then they will not be building or trying to build nuclear weapons. Israel needs to be really targeted because she's got nuclear weapons which she will neither confirm nor de deny and she doesn't want Iran to have nuclear weapons well I mean what hypocrisy what absolute hypocrisy that if you analyze the madness of these politicians they <laughs> they need to be um, hospitalized uh... for the sake of, of of all the species on the planet. What? What? I'm going overboard, and people might like what I'm saying, but I've thought very carefully about this, and I've spent my life. You know, the reason people in the 80s understood the impact of nuclear war, because Randy Forsberg, who is a friend of mine, wrote the nuclear weapons freeze, which to say America and Russia should stop building weapons like now, freeze. And then I had an agent in Hollywood who, bless her heart, worked for me for free and her, her clients were Tom Cruise and Lily Tomlin and Sally Field and lots of them. Um, and she got me uh, in Vogue, Lifetime, uh, and on every national program on television you can imagine, describing to the American people the medical effects of a bomb dropping on their town or their city. And that so Mr. and Mo, Mrs. Joe Sixpack sitting back in their sitting room with their children learnt what the risks of nuclear war are and were, and that nuclear war would only take about an hour to complete as Russia launches weapons that take 30 minutes to go from where to go, and America in that time launches hers, and the whole thing's over in about an hour. And there are so many weapons, it will. The bombs dropping on the cities just vaporize the whole cities and the oil supplies and everything, and the smoke rises up into the stratosphere, 
and covers the earth with a blanket so thick it blocks out the sun for up to 10 years, causing um, another ice age, nuclear winter. So nuclear winter is a good way to confront global warming. I'm joking. Yeah, you're joking, but, but some and crazy so people are not joking. We, we had a million, we had a million people. We had a million people in Central Park protesting the threat of nuclear war. I met with Reagan for an hour and a quarter in the White House alone, holding his hand, trying to teach him about the medical threats of nuclear war. He then started to say nuclear war must never be fought and can never be won. He then worked with Gorbachev and two men in 1988 in Reykjavik almost agreed to abolish nuclear weapons. Almost agreed. But Reagan got hung up on Star Wars and instead of Gorbachev saying, yeah, we know Star Wars, Star Wars won't work, but let's get rid of nuclear weapons and you can have your Star Wars, the talks failed. And that was an and so that was the end of the eighties, where I and many others worked our hearts out to teach the American people the imminent threat and the dangers of nuclear war. And as your president Jefferson said, and it's so true, an informed democracy will behave in a responsible fashion. So your so-called democracy is not informed, you see. And so people like Murdoch, who happens to be Australian and one of the most evil men in the world, put on a whole lot of rhubarb or crap on television, but don't teach people what science and the application of science has done to the planet. And most politicians are scientifically and medically illiterate anyway. And as you pointed out, David, they are actually corporate prostitutes receiving money from the corporations that are building weapons to kill us all. And the oil companies, which are killing us slowly. So you either get killed slowly by global warming or suddenly by a nuclear war. They're all killers. It's not the Department of Defense. You don't have any enemies. America has no enemies. Or you try and contrive a few enemies, but really you don't. So let's be wise and make friends with everyone and work together to feed the children of the world. And, I mean, and, and renewable energy all over the world and save the planet. What do you make? I'm speaking now as a doctor practicing global preventive medicine. What do you make, Helen Caldicott, of the relationship between the U.S. and the Australian government uh, on these topics and the new alliance that they call AUKUS and some of us rearrange a little and call you sucker? Uh, is, what, is the, what is the government in Australia <laughs> thinking? Uh, I mean, they... We've got a pathetic government pathetic government. We're almost the 51st day of the United States of America. And so they bow and scrape and roll the red carpet out to any Americans who want to, you know, bring their Marines into Darwin, our city, or we've got Pine Gap in the middle of Australia, which is the most important base in the world, which helps to orchestrate nuclear war with the satellites, etc., down loading onto Pine Gap. Um, 
We're pathetic. I mean, wish I was Prime Minister. I nearly got into Parliament once. And, and you need a Prime Minister who's intelligent, who will speak the truth and will respectfully, you know, but strongly stand up to the American vicissitudes of life and, and uh, do the right thing for this country and the planet. But our Prime Minister is just a pathetic little man, Morrison. I, I had hoped that some countries like Australia would learn something from joining in the war on Afghanistan and that the lesson would be don't sign up for a war on China. Uh, but there seems to have been nothing learned. Well, we can't have a war on China. <laughs> It'll be a nuclear war. It won't be a war on China. It'll be a war on Earth. China's got two hundred and fifty. China's got two hundred and fifty hydrogen bombs. You've got about five thousand. There are only, I think, about two hundred major cities on the planet. Um, you know, one bomb on New York and one bomb on Los Angeles and one bomb on Seattle. You know, that would destroy America. But she's got enough to destroy you many times over. And. The Chinese are smart, you know, they go back to Confucius. They're, they're very, very intelligent, and they're not going to get involved in a nuclear war. Unless America push, well, I don't know if America pushes them. I mean, America's really, can I say it, insane. I mean, the Department of Defense planning and building and testing Nuclear weapons and missiles and ships and and satellites in space and and the like, all intent to kill people. What are they doing? Why to kill people? To kill not just people but kangaroos and bison and wombats and koalas and it just makes my heart bleed and how can we stop it how can we stop it how can we bring these men mostly men to their senses how much do they love their children do they love them enough to do the right thing it seems not You've, Helen Caldicott, you've seen a lot of great peace activism over the years. Are there any any ideas worth reviving? Any lessons we've forgotten? Anything we should be we should be trying now? And and what do you make of the of the new treaty with the coming up soon on a one year anniversary, uh, the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons? Well, that's a wonderful thing. And I know the people who instigated that in Australia. Wonderful. And they've worked really hard behind the scenes at the United Nations. And I think there are now 50 or 55 countries that have ratified that treaty. But, of course, the nuclear weapons countries haven't and won't. The, the hope is that the countries in Europe who house American nuclear weapons, the Netherlands, Italy, Turkey, uh, Oh, I can't think of the rest, could sign that treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, which would then pressure and put pressure on the United States to remove those nuclear weapons from their countries, 
And that, that could help. Well, one of those is um, Germany, and they're going to the first nothing, meeting uh, as an observer, yeah. and so is Norway. So that's a, a small step. It's, well, it is, and, and Germany's got a, a government now that tends to be green. Um, I knew Petra Kelly, who started the green movement in Germany. She would be so thrilled now. Um, yes, yeah, so that, that, that could be helpful. And they've done wonderful work, these people, for the prohibition of nuclear weapons, the treaty. Uh, but how are you going to get America to sign it? God only knows. The other thing to point out, David, is if the Second World War had been fought today, Europe would be uninhabitable because all the reactors all over Europe, nuclear reactors, would have melted down and Europe would be so radioactive people would be just dying of acute radiation illness. So nuclear reactors make war absolutely incompatible with life, of course. That's never taken into account. Whether, whether or not so we need, weapons um, are used, right? Well, no, that's I'm talking about conventional war. Conventional war in Europe at this time, as it was in the Second World War, would have melted down all the reactors um, and Europe would be incompatible with life. As it is, 40% of the European landmass is radioactive as a result of Chernobyl. So I don't buy European food because I don't know what... And also tur Turkey got a hell of a fallout. I don't buy any... Turkish dried apricots or dried figs or the like. Turkey was so annoyed with Russia after Chernobyl, they picked all their radioactive tea and sent it to Moscow. <laughs> but, you know, the radiation will last for hundreds of, if not thousands of years in Europe. And then, then we've got Fukushima, which wants to, the Japanese wants want to tip, I, don't, I can't remember how much, radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean where the isotopes strontium and cesium and tritium will bioconcentrate at each step of the food chain, algae, crustaceans, little fish, big fish, us. And you can't taste, smell or see radioactive elements in the fish that you're yep. eating. And it takes up to, you know, five to 15 years to get the cancer and the cancer doesn't wear a little flag saying I was made by some strontium-90 in a fish that you ate 15 years ago that came from Fukushima. Helen Caldecott, we've got about one minute left. You also don't buy Hershey's chocolate, is that right? No, because Three Mile Island melted down just next to Hershey's chocolate and... Uh, and they they still use the milk that I think well they did for quite a while to make their chocolates which come from the paddocks or the fields where the cows graze which became radioactive from the I haven't followed that up lately so I can't give you up to date information on that David but I've written about it in my book yes 
I think nuclear power is not the answer. I've written quite a lot of books, and it's in one of those And I books, recommend yes. that you all rush out and get those books, including Sleepwalking to Armageddon. And if you want to join uh, an online book club with Helen Caldicott, you can sign up for that, worldbeyondwar.org. Uh, and Helen's website is helencaldicott.com. Helen, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk World Radio. Thank you, David. This is Talk World Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talkworldradio.org. Talk World Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way.